Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Well, hello. Thanks for joining us today. We're super excited about our time together. We are very humbled that you would spend a few minutes with us digging into God's Word, growing together to be more like Jesus and to learn what a what a, a courageous faith looks like and how we can make courageous decisions each and every day to honor the Lord and to see Him do great and super cool things in our life. And so He can he, he we can grow and so He can help others grow as well. So we're going to jump right in today. We're going to be in Joshua chapter twenty four. Four, uh, primarily verses fourteen and fifteen. We'll we'll back. I'll back up and give you a little bit of context early in the chapter uh, as we get started here in just a second, and then we'll wrap up at the end of Joshua chapter twenty-four with a really cool challenge and and a, and a place that we can be encouraged today as we end our time together. But today we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about today's choice. And no matter what day you're watching this video, it'll be today's choice. You're, we, you and I both are going to be faced each day with choices. And so we're really going to talk about uh, one of the most critical choices we will probably, probably the most critical choice we will ever make, the most important, the most impactful choice and decision that we will ever make uh, in our lives. And we're going to get to make that choice each and every day. I'll be honest with you, it's a daily choice. And so jumping in, we're going to jump right into Joshua 24. We're going to start in verse 14. Joshua is speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today. Keyword, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, the first place that Joshua spoke was to the past. Joshua spoke to the past. To give you a little context, Joshua uh, chapter 24 is kind of his farewell address to the nation of Israel. God's about to call him home. He's about to, to take him off the face of the earth. He's about to die. And he's somewhere around 100 years old. And, and Joshua wants to share some final thoughts. <clears throat> he wants to share some encouragement. He wants to share a challenge with people before he leaves for good. So before he gets out of here, before he's no longer around, he's got some final thoughts, things that God has put on his heart that he really wants to share with this group of people. And so in Joshua 23, he gathers the leaders of the nation of Israel. He gets the leadership together and, and he reminds them of everything that God has done. Uh, in their lifetime and even before they can't take credit for any of it God alone is deserving of the glory for how they have prospered as a people group so then in Joshua 24 now he's meeting with the people the entire nation of Israel so first he met with the leadership and now he said all right bring everybody together I got I want everybody to hear what what the Lord would have to say to you today and so he has reminded them how God has been at work on their behalf. He reminds them that their success as a nation, a group of people, is 100% due to God's work in and through their lives. This is still true today. Pastor Tony Evans said, uh, said it this way, for the believer, for the person who has a relationship with Jesus and walks in that faith, whatever blessings we have received, we should give God all the thanks and praise. 
We cannot take credit for, the, for where we are in life. We can't take credit for the good things, for the blessings that we've received. We cannot take credit for those. We are not responsible or, or worthy of the glory of that because God has done that work. It's interesting uh, in, in this, in chapter 24, uh, some, somewhere around 14 times we see the word I used. And it's in reference to God. It's God saying, I've done this. I, I did this. I did this for you. I did this on your behalf. I did this for my glory, for my name's sake. I moved. I worked. I, I received the glory for this. And you know, this isn't pride or arrogance on God's behalf. This isn't God sitting up there, you know, with his chest poked out, you know, man, this is all me, bro. This ain't got nothing to do with y'all. This is God saying, don't forget, I love you this much. I love you and I am working on your behalf. I have a plan and a purpose for you, both as a nation, a group of people, and as individuals. I have a plan and a purpose for you and, and I will see it through. I am working on your behalf because I love you, I care for you, and I have a great plan for you. See, in Joshua 24, um, verses 14 and 15. See, Joshua tells the people, he says, hey, based on all that, based on all that God has done, he says, therefore. So what's it there for? You need to pay attention. Why, why is that there? It's there to point us back because of how God has moved and how God has worked in his great love for us. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. See, when we make the decision to follow Christ and serve him, it's not supposed to be half-hearted. It's not supposed to be a decision that's, you know, ah, oh, man, you know, I'll give that religion thing a shot. I'll give that Jesus piece a shot. Yeah, man, I'm going to church and, and I'm, 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 giving a little, I'm giving a little something in the plate and, and, I, and I'm there, you know, a couple times a month. Man, I, I'm trying to be a good guy. I'm trying to live the right life. You see, we need to, take God and the decision to serve him very seriously as opposed to a casual relationship with him. I think about the commitment. This, this whole passage is about a covenant. Uh, the header in my Bible says the covenant renewal. And so this is about a covenant relationship with God. And Joshua is showing them, hey, God wants to renew this covenant with you uh, as a nation, as a group of people. And, and that's a decision, uh, a relationship to take very seriously because God desires a, an up-close, a, a personal, a very intimate, uh, deep-rooted relationship in our lives. And he wants us to take that seriously. And, and Joshua gives the people a word of caution and a word of encouragement. He says, serve the Lord with sincerity and truth. I saw this quote this week, the real test of our faithfulness to God is our power to continue steadfastly in one course of conduct when the excitement of conflict is removed. And the enemies with which we have to contend are the allurements of ease or custom amid the commonplace duties of life. Man, that's a lot of words and it's a big statement. So what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. The real test of our relationship with God and our commitment to Him 
is in our ability to be steadfast when the, when the excitement of conflict, when the struggle and the wrestling with issues and the difficulties are over and we're just walking in the commonplace duties of life. When we're kind of going through life and most things are going okay, when it's just the small speed bumps that we're running over, it's just the small, you know, everyday life issues that we deal with and there's nothing big going on, how are we going to live in our relationship with Christ? You see, Israel at this point in time had seen God uh, provide victory and great military conquest and God had moved uh, people groups out of the way for them to inherit this land that he had promised them. And, and I think it would be easy for the nation of Israel to, now that the kind of things are kind of looking okay and it looks like we're going to get into normal life, Man, I can kind of coast now. I tell you, on Father's Day, maybe I'm speaking to some husbands. Uh, just a word to you. It's easy for us as husbands. We, we, um, the, the excitement of, of, of dating and um, uh, engagement, and then we get married. All that's exciting. And then we get into the commonplace duties of life and marriage, and it's easy sometimes to not devote ourselves, I'm guilty of this myself, to devote myself very seriously to my marriage and to invest in it the same way that I did when we were dating or when we were engaged and when we first got married. It's easy in intimate relationships to slip off into the commonplace of the relationship if we're not intentional about making daily choices to put it at the forefront. You see, if we, if we don't choose the Lord, then the list of gods gets complicated. There's no shortage of things we can worship in our culture, and there, were, there was no shortage at that time for them either. The list of gods, the list of things, the idols, the Bible calls anything that gets in between our worship of God gets in the way of that as an idol. Anything we focus on other than focusing on God, and it can be money, it can be sex, it can be career, it can be marriage, it can be a relationship with a spouse. Uh, even good things can become idols. And some people feel like serving God because he says, if, if serving the Lord doesn't please you, some people, I think, feel, feel like serving God or submitting your life to the Lord, saying yes to Jesus and walking in a, in a, in a, in a Christian life or a, um, a follower of Christ as a disciple. They, they view it as a bad decision because they think it's restrictive or it's filled with rules or it's no fun. You don't get to do anything. And, I, and I, I don't find this to be an accurate description of my life in, with Christ. Um, there's so much joy uh, in, in difficult circumstances. When, I walk, when Jesus was walking with me and when I'm walking with him, there's grace for, for when I make mistakes. Not if I make them, but when I make mistakes, there's grace for that. There's a sense of community that battles against the feelings of, of isolation and being alone. There's confidence when, when I feel doubt. God, through his Holy Spirit, gives me confidence. Uh, there's peace and conflict that doesn't happen outside of a relationship with him, that even in the most difficult circumstances, we can be at peace because of his Holy Spirit working within us. But these people that Joshua was speaking to, they had... 
their their ancestors had worshipped other gods. Their ancestors, God says so in the first part of chapter 24, their ancestors had worshipped other gods and they were idolaters. Uh, they had turned their back from the one true God. And, and the, they were... I believe they were receiving a message from Joshua that says, hey, you don't have to be defined by the past. You don't, you don't have to worship those gods over there that across way back in the day, the, the, the traditional gods that, that your forefathers, your ancestors may have worshipped. You don't have to uh, focus on them. You don't have to worship them. See, uh, the, the men in our past, the example of, of that, uh, the examples that have been set for us of the men in our past that we look back on, you know, we, we can't take credit for their successes. We can't live on their credit. We can't also be defined by their failures. We're not. See, we can, we can learn from their lives, but we're responsible for our choices. And they have, good, they have consequences, both good and bad. Our choices carry consequences. Sometimes those consequences are good, sometimes they're not. And most of us <coughs> have some sort of memories or knowledge of the men in our families or our communities or our churches uh, that have come before us. And, and these memories may be great. They may, you may have some really stinking cool memories of your dad or other men, influential men that have been a part of your life, even ladies that have been a part of your life that have poured into you, that have invested in you, that have given you their lives and, and poured, in, poured Jesus into you and great memories of those things. You know what? You, you may have some difficult memories. You may have difficult memories that are, that are hard to wrestle with and talk about. But what Joshua's telling the people here is you don't have to live according to what they did. You don't have to live vicariously. You can't live vicariously through their successes. And you don't have to be, uh, you're not chained to or defined by their mistakes. See, Joshua was telling them, as much as I would tell you today, it's time to put the past behind you. And there's a scripture that is one of my favorites. It is one of my favorite passages. It says, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, that new things have come. The way I memorize it, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. That tells me that, that when I said yes to Jesus, when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, if you haven't yet, when you do, and we're going to pray that you do, if you have said yes to Jesus and you're walking with him, everything in your past, he says, all that is gone. The, 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 things, the th- old things passed away. The old things are gone. They're, they're removed. And everything has become new. And so even... If it's your own past as a husband or a father or a wife or a mom or a son or a daughter, you can move forward just like Joshua was challenging the nation of Israel. You can move forward from your past. You can move away from your past as you choose to serve the Lord and be in a right relationship with him. You, you, you'll get to see either God honor your, how you've been obedient and followed him in your life or the difficult, bad choices, the sin that we've all committed, we get to see God be able to redeem those things for, uh, for his glory and our good as he leads us into the future. You see, the next thing is Joshua deals with the present. He deals with right where we are. And I think he tells them, 
You don't have to be defined by culture either. As much as you don't have to be defined by the, by the, the idols that your forefathers, your ancestors worship, you don't have to be defined by these, uh, the gods in this land because after he says, you choose for yourself either the gods that your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River, which was in the past, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And so this would have been the culture around them. <coughs> the men in our culture, the men in our world today, we don't have to be defined by what culture says we are. You see, culture's definition of a, a, a definition of the role of a man changes regularly, and it probably always will. And see, I believe, and I'm speaking directly to the men, uh, young men, old men, husbands, sons, fathers. I believe what our wives, what our families, what our children are all longing for is consistency in what a man is and how that man should lead and love his home and the culture at large. Now, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't think that being a real man, you've got to have a really big beard, you've got to be able to kill stuff and clean it and eat it, you don't have to be able to build a four-wheel drive truck out of Lego pieces in your driveway. You know, you don't have to grow a super cool mullet uh, or have a really cool buzz cut. You don't have to hit the gym every day. That those, those can be healthy things. I would love to grow a really cool mullet, but I can't. That doesn't mean that I can't be the man God's called me to be. You see, this, this is about having Christ-like characteristics in our lives that impact our life and the lives of those around us. See, there's great value in knowing how to do things, right? There's, there's, certain, there's value in knowing how to change the oil or, or build something or work on something or design something. Those things are all useful skills that God can use to, to grow us and, and to see us uh, grow into the future. But the greatest skill we can have not only as men, but as followers of Christ, are found in God's definition of who we are. See, our lives, our lives, no matter man or woman, young, old, it doesn't matter, our lives have impact and influence. There's a passage that I thought about uh, it, it, that, that kind of makes this point. It, this is 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says, prescribe and teach these things. He says, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, excuse me, show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture and exhortation and teaching. He says, Don't not, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the, by the presbytery. Take pains with these things, be absorbed in them, so that you will progress, so that your progress will be evident to all. Here's the hook right here. Pay close attention to yourself and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Now, this is Paul writing to a young pastor named Timothy and encouraging him and giving him some, um, some teaching and pouring in wisdom to, to help him be the best he can possibly be. 
But I believe as, as men, God's word, if we're going to be defined by God's word, I believe God's word tells us that men, we are the spiritual leaders of our homes. And so if, if, if Paul is writing to a young spiritual leader named Timothy, I believe that we can take this principle and apply it in our homes and in our lives as well. So what if you take this passage and you look to the men and you say, hey, guys, pay close attention to, to, to who you are and what you do and to your teaching. He didn't question whether you're going to teach or not. He just assumed that because you're teaching somebody something even as you walk through life. Even if you don't open a book, you're teaching. He says, persevere in these things, in the good things. Because as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. How you live and what you teach, this is a message to dads. It can apply to moms. It can apply to grandparents. How you live and what you teach your kids can be what the Lord uses to lead them into a relationship with him. See, men are called to be the spiritual leaders. Our decisions will have a tremendous impact on the people that are under our care and our influence to some, this sounds like an impossible task. I, I've heard that before and, and, and I even felt that way to a degree that without, man, this is a heavy responsibility. Man, this is a big deal. I don't know if I can do this. Guess what? We can't. Without the Lord guiding us, it probably is overwhelming, daunting, and almost, if not guaranteed, impossible. <clears throat> but you see, when we choose to, to serve the Lord, which is what Joshua is asking these people to do, He's asking them to commit to renew the covenant that they have with God. When we, when we choose to serve the Lord and follow him, we, ex- we get to experience his strength and power working in us to impact our lives and give us confidence. And then that, that impacts the lives of the people around us. So whether you're a dad, a single man, a single lady, a married woman, it doesn't matter. This principle is still true today because it's straight from God's word. When you choose Jesus and you serve him, he will use you and your influence in ways you cannot even imagine. Then Joshua moves on to the future. Where are you headed? So he's dealt with the past. He said, man, you don't have to be defined by the, by the men that have come before you, by the people that have come before you, the way your family lived back in the day. You don't have to be defined by that, successes or failures. He says, man, the present, where you are, you don't have to live the way culture says the way you're supposed to. You can choose a different path. You don't have to live according to what culture says. He says, and then there's the future. He says, you're going, to be the defi- you're going to be defined by the direction, by the direction you're headed. And so I think he wants us to focus on today. See, this is where we get to choose what kind of person we're going to be. So Joshua was telling this, he was basically telling this group of folks, you get to choose what you're going to do. Despite what has happened in the past, regardless of what's happening in the world around you, which is the present, we get the opportunity to choose today who we will serve. Joshua was very clear. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The original language reads more like Joshua saying, I have chosen and I will choose the Lord. I have chosen. In the past, I chose the Lord and I'm going to choose him again today. It's more about the consistent daily choice 
than this one-time decision at some point in my life. See, Joshua's statement, but, uh, Joshua's but here is kind of a joke. Joshua's but here is to let everybody know, no matter what y'all choose, me and mine are going to choose the Lord. See, Joshua was determined to serve the Lord despite what anybody else might think or decide. He made that clear. No matter what you guys choose, no matter what you're going to do, my family, we're going to serve the Lord. We get the opportunity to choose today. Your daily decisions have eternal impact. In verse 22 of chapter 24, Joshua told the people, he says, you are witnesses against yourselves that you yourself have chosen to worship Yahweh. You see, that's Joshua saying, you're accountable for the decisions that you make. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to serve the Lord, then the next step is to remove the idols from your home. And Joshua says to them, to offer your heart to the Lord. He says, you're witnesses against yourselves today that you've chosen to to worship Yahweh. We are witnesses, the people said. And in verse 23, he says, get rid of the idols and commit yourself to serving the Lord. See, this is commitment. This is the renewal of the commitment that Joshua had in mind when he was speaking to this group of people. He was leading them to understand that if we will make the decision that our five lives and our families and our homes will belong to Jesus, God will work in and through us. I saw this quote in a commentary. It says, a man's promise to serve God soon loses its moral hold of his conscience if he does not instantaneously begin to put it in practice. Basically, this means there must be immediate action after your decision. Joshua was saying, you've made the choice to serve the Lord, now you got to walk in it. It's not enough to agree with the truth. You have to walk and act in that truth. And so many people make decisions to serve the Lord and then we hesitate to put it in action for different reasons. It's, it is vital not only to our personal lives, but also to the people in our homes and our communities that we act, that we take action, that it's not just lip service. It's not just a decision we made somewhere in a dark corner. It wasn't just some opportunity that we, we raised a hand or blinked our eye. This is a, an, an action that comes behind the decision. This is one area where God will go to work in our lives and do big things. Think about every volunteer that serves in a church or in the community around you. You see, you've decided to serve and put your feet, put action to your faith, put action to the decision to serve the Lord today. You took action steps based on the decision, and so I want to be the first to say thank you today. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you for serving, for your commitment first to God and to His kingdom, but also tell you that you're making an, uh, an eternal impact in the lives of the people around you when you serve. And J- Joshua said, get rid of these idols, commit yourself. See, many people ask why God, ask God why he's not working in their circumstances while they're hugging on their idols of choice at the same time. We, we live the life we want to live, but then we ask God, why aren't you working in this difficulty? See, we must be willing to lay down the competition. This has to be about full devotion. 
verses 26 and 27. This is such a cool challenge as we wrap up. See, Joshua, the people said, we're going to worship the Lord. So in verse 26, Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. He also took a large stone and set it up under the oak, up under the oak next to the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, you see this stone? It'll be a witness against us for it has heard all the words that the Lord said to us and it will be a witness against you so that you won't deny our God. And so this is about the renewal of the covenant. And I've said that word a few times. Uh, what is a covenant? A covenant is a, a divinely sanctioned bond. I'm reading you the definition. Uh, a divinely sanctioned bond, a declaration of a relationship in a spiritual realm. See, marriage is a type of biblical commitment. In God's eyes, marriage is, is so much more than just an agreement to live together and split the bills and have babies. Like God says, marriage is so much more than that. It's a biblical principle. That's what a covenant is, a biblical principle that means through the covenant, God is providing a covering. It's kind of like a <clears throat> it's kind of like a blanket of blessing. When we operate within the covenant of marriage, when we honor the Lord and our spouse, we'll experience God's blessing in that relationship. See, my wedding ring is a reminder, I keep taking it off. My wedding ring is a reminder of the covenant that my wife and I made to each other before the Lord. <clears throat> when, we, when my wife and I got married some 23 years ago, we bought a piece of property in Madison County. And uh, when, the, when we were getting ready to purchase the property, they were showing us you know, the, the way the property was laid out. And the, the older gentleman that walked the property with us I'll never forget this. We came to the corners, and I was anticipating iron pins uh, driven in the ground with ribbon on them. And he said, hey, you, you see that uh, pile of rocks right there beside that tree? He said, that's your corner. We walked through the woods and came to a big clearing and got to the back of the property, and he said, you see those hatchet marks <laughs> in that tree? He said, that's your corner. I just remember walking around and I thought, man, that's a crazy marker. Like, what happens when the tree grows or what happens when something comes around and knocks this, the rocks out of the way? But they were markers <clears throat> where we could go back as a reminder. I think Joshua says, I, pray, I placed this large stone near the sanctuary of the Lord to serve as a marker. We all need reminders because it's easy to forget. It's easy to get caught up in the rhythms of life, to get lost in what has happened, to get lost in culture. It's easy to forget. See, Joshua knew this was true, and so the wisdom from the Lord led him to establish a reminder of the covenant that had been made. <clears throat> and so he set up this large stone so that the people would every time they would see it, they would walk by and remember the decision that they had made. And I tell you, I think it's cool to have some sort of a tangible thing for you. Maybe it's a, <clears throat> a small coin or a cross or a, uh, just whatever it could be that may sit on a desk or on a table or on a shelf in your home or maybe it's something that will fit in your pocket or in your vehicle. Just something that would signify to you, whether it's today or a day that has been in the past, 
that you made a decision to serve the Lord and surrender your life to Him. You see, your daily decisions have eternal impact for your life and the lives of those in your home, your church, and your communities. Joshua wanted them to have a place to go back to, remember. He wanted them to renew the covenant. God was calling them to renew the covenant, to remember the agreement, the decision that they had made. God wants to work, wanted to work, and did work on their behalf. And he wanted them to know that he was the one that was looking out for them and loved them. <clears throat> and Joshua was compelled to say, because of God's faithfulness, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so where we started is where, we're, where we will end. Today's choice for you is you get to choose today whom you're going to serve. Are you going to wrestle with the things in the past? Are you going to let culture define you? Are you going to look to the, to the author and perfecter of our faith, to Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God, our Lord and Savior who gave his life for you and has significant plan for your life to use you to not only change your life, but to change those around you and have a significant impact for his name. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, if you made a decision after hearing this message today, if there's uh, something that, that would provoke thought or movement in your heart and you want to talk about some next steps, uh, maybe some opportunities for you to be engaged in biblical community, or maybe just ask some questions and have a church that's a resource for you and walk with you and pray with you. Hey man, there's going to be a slide as soon as I wrap up right here that's going to pop up to give you some direction on how to get connected in that. Thanks for joining us. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with Him. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.